Hello, this episode of Silly Talks About Science Fiction is brought to you by the shin, as in, you got the shin, boy. Wait, don't you mean the shine? No, shh, do you want to get sued? Oops. Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. And I'm Kristen Kist. And we are co-authors of a science fiction comedy book series called Prison Dad. It's right, prisondad.com. You can find out about our other podcasts, about our books, our free stories, and our upcoming events, such yes. as October 7th at the Lehigh Valley Comic Con. Yep. And that'll be fun. The weekend after Thanksgiving. Antimonium, we'll Maryland! At ChessyCon! Yay! I'm still so excited to go to that tea shop. Woohoo! Yes, this is going to be fun shop. stuff there. This week we are here to talk to you about the Dark Tower! Ooh, all hail the Crimson King! There's a lot of negative stuff out there! Yeah, it's definitely some people crabbing it. Crabbing crab sauce about the Dark Tower. Now, let me tell you, we are going to start this off a little spoiler-free with our impressions, and then we are going to spoil it. We will clearly let you know when that change occurs, so if you are someone new to us that know that doesn't happen, we will give you a short time to shut the podcast off by singing you some kind of fun little song. Or reminding you to go out and get yourself a can of Nozzla. <laughs> Nozzla. The Nozzla Midworld Coda. brand of cola. <laughs> How does the Midworld have brands? So anyway, so the biggest complaints here so far about, about the movie is that it is only 90 minutes long. Yeah, there are lots of crabby crabbers crabbing about how they were trying to put too much stuff into too short of a movie. Right. And that they should have made it a miniseries. Now, on that, I kind of agree with you, but yeah. people, there is going to be a TV show yes. that's coming out. Idris Elba and, and the young man that played Jake are signed on to participate. Correct. What I've heard is that it's supposed to be largely based on Wizard and Glass, which is uh, book four, and which really talks about Roland's origin story. So what happened to him right after he became a gunslinger when he met Susan, the love of his life, Susan Delgado. Mm -hmm. So there will be a show. So chill your hormones, people. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're looking for a movie that is directly based off of the book, you're not going to find it here. Yeah, it's like 4,200 pages of material, <laughs> so it's only a 90-some-odd-minute movie, guys. Like, you couldn't, possibly, you couldn't possibly capture all of that. So overall, going into this with kind of like a negative um, vibe. Feeling on, vibe on my shoulders, I was pleasantly surprised by a good-looking movie, a yeah. movie that told a complete story and yes. then left it open for more left the world open for more explanations uh, a good mix of all of the books in the series yeah being thrown in there for for different points in time like that you know um, you know obviously obviously it's a movie in Hollywood so good's going to defeat evil that should not be a spoiler in there but you should just know that's what's going to happen right. and obviously if Matthew McConaughey is not signed on for the TV series, you can just assume, you should just have put this together anyway, that he probably won't make it into the TV series. Maybe right. another movie later on. But right. He, I mean, he might have a cameo or something here and there, but... Do you think he'd, he'd go to TV, though? I don't think he would just go... Idris Elba is a, is a screen actor. But yeah, he's, but he's done more TV than he has... He's done some TV, too. Than he has I don't, movies. I mean, look, McConaughey was, was on... Um, the HBO series, that so he was amazing on that. You were totally right. He totally I was. And that wasn't like, you know, I'm not ABC the world's biggest McConaughey fan, so it's it's easy for me to like cut him down. I really like Matthew McConaughey. Chicken and wing. not just because I've met him when I was in New Orleans and he was super nice. But um, yeah, he's done some strange things. And he has some low points like contact. I still remember when I watched that movie, I was like, what in the name of all that is holy is he doing? 
And that movie was just bizarre anyway, but they really, whatever, however they... I really want to watch it again at some point. I, I do too, because I just, I just remember being like three so hours. dumbfounded by how... Ah, three hours! The length of time this movie should have been. Yes, probably. If they were going to do it, if they... So here's my thought on the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought the the cast was great. Yes. I thought they really nailed some of the scenes that I'd been in, sort of intrigued to see. Um, but it was it wasn't as epic feeling as I had hoped it would be going into it because from the ads I felt like it really could have that epic feeling. Yes. So I'm hoping that the TV show is going to save it so that you know you kind of get like that whole backstory aspect and all like the um, the emotional depth right to the characters that it's really really hard to get there in a 90 minute movie even being somebody that's read most of the books at this point um i'm gonna have them finished by christmas but um you know that that was sort of my takeaway but i i enjoyed watching it i loved seeing all like the little um other stephen king nods throughout the movie um and like i said i thought um idris elba was a really good gunslinger um, you know, he's dry and serious, and he has, like, a couple of moments of being funny, which is, like, how he is in the book. I mean, he's been alone for so long, um, and to have somebody that he sort of cares about again is a new thing for him, and it's hard. Um, and, uh, but, you know, and I, I think they really referenced the books in, in some cool ways and, and showed things in a different way than than I'd seen them in the books, but certainly respectful of what was going on in the books, so, like, um... You know, Matthew McConaughey is doing this 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 sort of experiment to try to destroy the tower, and he's using the energy of children to feed this machine. And that, to me, is definitely um, it's not the same thing that happens in the books, but it's definitely uh, referencing them because there's all sorts of scenes throughout Stephen King's books where he talks about the tower and the children being tortured on the path to the tower and and other people being tortured. Um, so, I thought that fit in, and it was cool. It was a different way to, to think about that, a little matrixy maybe. But, um, but I overall I enjoyed it. And I'm really excited to see what they do with the TV show. Um, I, I just I really enjoy these books too. I think they're really cool. Um, it's an epic sort of cool mythic story with a lot of characters and moving pieces, um, which which I love about Stephen King. I love that he creates whole universes. I love that about J.K. Rowling too. Um, but Stephen King just creates a lot more universes than J.K. has so far. So far. Yeah, so far. I'm not limiting the woman. She's phenomenal. So our review, basically, as it is, a spoiler-free review, is that we definitely think you should check it out. It's 90 minutes. Come on. You know, you can do it. It won the weekend. It has the highest-grossing yeah. movie of the weekend. So good thing, good thing that the Emoji movie did not go over it because... Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> and you know what? It wasn't as bad as what everyone's saying. I feel like this is another case of, um, like, a Ghostbusters kind of thing, where people are just crabbing about something before it comes out. Yeah, and... and Ghostbusters wasn't that great. I don't read a lot of, of critics, because I feel like most critics are, like, crabby and miserable. Like, and and I feel like a lot of times they're not fair. They have, like, bizarre expectations. And everybody's on. a critic. Hell, we're critics! Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, fine. I'll put myself in there, too, that sometimes I'm a crab and a little bit unfair. But I'm out there creating, too. So I understand. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So we, together, we've seen uh, f- four movies in the theater this year. Because, let's face it, 
Going to the theater is expensive. It is. I know. We really have to like think about what we're going to spend our money to go so see. So the four movies that we've seen have been uh, Spider-Man, has been Guardians 2, mm-hmm. Alien Covenant, and The Dark Tower. And yeah. if I had to rank them in order, and we both agreed on our order, yeah. it was that Guardians was the best movie we saw this year, yeah, I just followed up by movies. Spider-Man, yep, Spider-Man, and then comes The Dark Tower, yeah. and then Alien Covenant, which, you know... I liked it, but it just... I don't know. Like I, f- I feel like it was like... They're trying too hard. Prometheus-y, but also, like, a little bit like Aliens, but not really. Like, I don't know. It was okay. I want to see another Alien movie that comes after Alien 4. Like, I'm more interested in that timeline than I am the Prometheus timeline. But we're not here to talk about Alien. No. So, let's, um, let's say we're going to, we're going to spoil, we're going to spoil from here on out, so we'll give you a couple seconds for those of you who, uh, didn't watch the movie. Yeah, you might want to go get go yourself some then... apple graph, another mid-world staple oh, that's an alcoholic yeah. apple beer drink. Uh-huh. Do they manufacture these somewhere? Look at they, apple graph, yeah. Yeah, they do? Yeah. Nozala, I don't know. That That's like a magical thing, because oh, okay. they only get that um, They get that in, uh, I think, in Wizard and Glass, okay. that um, after they visit with Merlin slash flag slash right. martin yeah. he gives them packed lunches and in them are nozzle so oh okay it's like a weird mid-world beverage but because when Roland he handed him the, the, the can of coke on the train or on the on the bus you know you couldn't see the you couldn't see yes. the logo but you saw the colors right which nozzle is supposed to have the same colors so let's go let's first hit up um let's first hit up the references to the stephen king world the world of stephen king that we saw in this movie, because there was a whole bunch of really awesome Stephen King throwbacks. Yes, I bet you I loved. loved it. Yeah, I bet you well, loved that. It. I loved it because I'm a huge, huge Stephen King fan and a Joe Hill fan, and I love it when Joe references Stephen stuff. Yes, like that just I love very it. cool. Love it. So in the opening scene, um, there's the twins in the blue dress, right? Blue, blue dresses, just like from The Shining. Yeah, to play with them for the rest you play of with your us, life. Danny? Yes, come and play with us, Danny. Uh, and then you so know, so creepy. In the, so, in the same world as The Shining and uh, Doctor Sleep, there is the the shine. Right. So um, referencing the Jack, shine. Yeah, Jake has the shine in this. Um, that's why I guess the man in black is after him because of his psychic abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. How he, he stands apart. They don't really talk about it that way, at least not up to the point that I am in the books. And um, just so you, everybody knows what I'm referencing, I am right now reading The Wind Through the Keyhole, which is book four and a half. Um, next up is Wolves of Kala, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie to me sort of started out sort of in the beginning of... Uh, it was sort of like The Wasteland, but... It's different. It's it's not. It definitely does not follow the the path of that book. Um, and there's no Eddie and Susanna or Oi, so I really miss those guys. Yet, yet. Jake's therapist had a picture of the Overlook Hotel. To yeah, that keep was with the cool. Shining. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a picture of the Overlook Hotel, and they referenced it several times during the earthquake when it was shaking. Like they really zoomed in on it, and you mm-hmm. saw it. Like I felt like it was on the screen for an extra long period of time because at first I was like, what. Why are you focused? Oh, yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. That's what I thought too. Uh-huh. I was like, "That's a really neat build." Oh, oh yeah. yeah there it is. I have. A, I actually have a T-shirt that has the Overlook Hotel. Uh-uh. I do. I do. I'll go find it. It's my. It's one of my favorites. And we didn't catch all of these, but we googled and we found a whole bunch of a whole some bunch of, them of cool I did. ones. Fourteen yeah, some of them eight. Them. I caught. Yeah. So the next one is um, a Saint Bernard was a uh, big Saint Bernard looked like Cujo that walking down the streets of New York City with a mom and a son. So mm-hmm. that you know. Yeah, I saw it too. Cujo the next reference. one I did not catch. I did not catch this. One uh, that was uh, a reference to Christine, the 1958 Plymouth Fury Timmy 
uh, who's Jake's friend, was playing with it on the floor. Which I thought he looked like a Franco. Like he a totally really looked Franco, like a Franco. Which I didn't look up to see if he was yet, but he totally looked like a little Franco. While we're talking about, um, while we're talking about who was in the movie, though, for a split second, though, very cool to see Fran Krantz. Um, you know him from Dollhouse and Cabin in the Woods. Train yeah. Yeah. He was like one of his like minions, one of McConaughey's minions. He yeah, the techie guy again because he just he's just going to always be the techie guy no matter what happens. I didn't even know he had a name. Apparently his name was Pimley. I I missed that. I didn't think anybody actually called him by name. Over that, I, I, I thought I got that. Jackie Jackie Early Haley was awesome. Yeah, I miss Jackie Earl Haley. Sometimes like I didn't really like his Freddy Krueger, but I think I just didn't like the direction that movie took. But he was so good in The Watchmen, and I just I really love how like. I don't know, like, there's something very endearing about him, but also, like, unsettling at the same time. Um, I thought all the performances were, were good. I really... The guy who played Timmy was in Homecoming as Charles. I don't know yeah, who Charles was. Neither. But that's pretty neat that, um... Yeah, he's making a little name for his little cute self. Yeah, too good. And he looks like a young Franco. He so, totally hey, looks like a young Franco. If anyone's casting for Franco as a kid in a movie, I don't know what Franco's up to now, but you might want to look at this kid because... Franco might be playing himself as a kid in a movie because he just wants to try something new. Well, it is Franco. He's always got to keep keep you guessing. <laughs> uh, moving on, on our, our list of... Yeah, a uh, list of um, uh, Stephen King Easter eggs here. There was a Beware of Dog sign... Yeah, so that's like from Stand By Me mm-hmm. with Chopper. Yeah. Um, and I referenced that in one of our Prison Dad stories. Uh, in Things and Stuff, yes. which is volume five now, the Making a Fever story. That's right. You reference it with, with, with Slayer, and, um, the cat named Slayer. Or was that I Discovered a Shred- Dead Dude? It was I Discovered a Dead Dude. It was I Discovered a yeah, Dead Dude. That so I, that was in volume four. That, yep, I made I'm that sorry. into Stand By Me. That's okay, that's okay. I probably referenced Stephen King somewhere in Making like a Fever, too. Like a hundred Prison Dad stories, tough to keep track of. It All really the is. things is. and stuff. But I love Stand By Me. I was just thinking I really want to watch that again because it's so good. But, that was um, one. I caught this right away when he was yeah. going up through the door of the, the of, of the house. and The house that really didn't look like it should be in Brooklyn. No, but the <laughs> idea... That that house is definitely in um, the books. It's it's in the Wastelands. That's how that's how Jake gets back to Roland as he goes to this haunted house in Brooklyn that looks like someone should have torn it down. But it's so scary because it's, it's a essentially a pathway to another world so it's got like eerie supernatural powers and people have not gone near it um because it's scary so that that's how they explained it in the book i know it's not really clear from watching the movie that i think that's a lot of people had complaints that like they didn't understand what was going on in the movie because they hadn't read any of the books Can I just um, roll with it though yeah or people it. just being crabby and wanting like a story wrapped up neat and tidy and all the you know, loose ends tied. And that's not the intention, I think. It was supposed to be the starting off point. Yeah. So. The next one was the most obvious Easter egg in the whole story, and that was there was an amusement park with Pennywise. Yeah, we both caught that. Ride. We that said was, that like, to so each obvious. other the second it came up. I was like, Pennywise! Yeah, I think everyone caught that, especially because they saw the It trailer, which looks so scary. Yes. Clowns scare the crap out of me. And it is two and a half hours, I think they said. Which is good, but I mean... Miniseries I like, is I like four? The, I like the miniseries for that, because I loved having like the, the story of the kids, yes. and then the story of the adults. Right, like, I you feel had, like this is just going to be the kids. The kids, yeah. Yeah. I do. I it do looks like, like it's that. just the kids, which is fine because maybe later they'll do the adult one, or they won't. I mean, the the kids part is really, really, really scary, and it's especially scary because of of how kids have no rights, 
you know, sort of under the law to protect themselves or to do anything to, like, you know, better their situation. So they're helpless in a lot of ways, and I think that that's, to me, it was a scarier part of it. But anyway, moving along. Fortunately, anyway, obviously, Open a portal. that was the yeah. code to get to the strongholds. Yeah, to I was, like, poking the, Jeff. The dark like, Fortunately, Fortunately! One I thought was from the stand, but it was actually um, Mr. Mercedes was the smiling face calling card on well, the I wall. I think it could be both. I mean, but the the bad guy in Mr. Mercedes, which is Stephen King's like little uh, trilogy of uh, like a mystery yeah. sort of story, but with supernatural elements. Um, no, of course, the bad guy would sign his evil letters with a smiling face. Right, right on the walls. Yeah, so those, a jerk. Um, there's a black and white picture of Rita Hayworth that. Um, that uh, Roland touches in the gun shop. Yeah, that was fun. Shawshank. Um, there's a Misery Child's book in um, in Walter's lair there. Yeah, somebody was reading about it. Old Misery, Misery Chastain. That's a good. That's a good it's one. A good time. And then at the end, they they were walking down a street in New York, and there was a sign on a storefront uh, for Barlow and Strakers, and that is from Salem's Lot. That's the store that the vampire. Owned. Vampires. Yeah, that's a that's a scary. Book two. The movie actually for that one was pretty creepy. You know, I've never seen that movie. Yeah, I've read that book and I've never seen the movie. Yeah, they did two. So there's one that they did like like late seventies, early eighties type thing that was pretty creepy, and then they did like one that was a TV series one yeah. with Rob Lowe. I think, yeah, as uh, as the uh, writer as Ben. Um, so they're they're both pretty cool. Very neat. Yeah, I think the the movie the movie from like the eighties seventies was a little scarier, but pretty cool. Um, good stories. But anyway, so that was really fun, sort of seeing all, like, the references to Stephen King stuff. Because anybody that reads a lot of King, you know that he is constantly cross-referencing characters and, and towns and, you know, instances throughout his stories. And we know that, cool. that the dark man, Matthew McConaughey's character, he is Randall Flagg, right. and he is the Eye of the Dragon Yep, and he's, essentially and he's like Merlin to, um, yeah. to Roland's... Uh, King Arthur, right? Type exactly. Situation. Yeah. Um, he's, but and I think I think that's kind of hard for people to understand if they only ever just saw this movie, because a lot of the, the critics criticisms that I read were just sort of like, well, why does he have all these powers and like who is he and I don't understand and like why can't he just defeat Roland? Well, because like if you in the books it makes it really clear that like he's a magician that has like ridiculous amounts of power and essentially he's probably the devil as we think of him so he can travel between worlds and he's always tricking people and he's around from like you know time immemorial to now so he knows how to mess with people to get what he wants and he just wants bad things he never really wants to help anybody he always wants to like hurt people um and he does like it's just you you just read about all the different things that he's accomplished and done and it you know when you get to points in the book you understand like the myth behind it it's not just like he's like a caricature which i feel like a lot of people thought that McConaughey's portrayal ended up being because of the way the script was written, but I disagree. I mean, I kind of, I kind of like that he had that sort of like Darth Vader like, I don't care if you're in my way, like I'm getting you out of my way. And, yeah, yeah, he definitely, you know, I have you know, a plan. I'm trying to accomplish something. Stop but, breathing, you know, right. kill each other. Yeah, his own people or people, you know, humans. You know, he was anybody. Nobody was safe, yeah. you know, as far as and yeah, it was that Darth Vader, you know, like you know, you know, don't fail me this time, Admiral, kind of, kind of route, you know, right. like. If you're in top and you're in charge and you messed up, you're done, kind of thing. Right. Um, 
shifting gears, the humor, um, the humor to me was on the level of the first Thor movie, which a lot of people didn't like the first Thor movie because they thought it was too campy like that. But I love the fact that he is in the hospital and right. should, the doctor shows up. It's not just, what was interesting to me is it wasn't just the doctor, it was the doctor followed by like four or five like med students. Right. So just to add a little more to the, the scene, it was brilliant. And the doctor goes, um, you know, well here, you know, we tested your blood and you have, you know, hepatitis, you know, A through D, which, you know, there's a lot of, like, junk and garbage, and right. that's how you get a lot of There's that no stuff. There's no medication in Roland's world. They don't even have aspirin, which is a joke in the books that um, Eddie steals aspirin for him, and he doesn't know how to say that, so he calls it Aston all the time. But he loves the Aston because it makes him feel better, and they don't have anything like that in Midworld. Like, well, yeah. Just... Yeah, that kind of happened a little bit with the painkillers. Right. The, he's, the like, pain he's like, just take one, and takes a whole handful. Yeah, and um, then he had to get antibiotics, because that's yeah. the other thing that they don't have any of in Midworld. Right. So he was dying from a bite from some sort of a monkey-type creature. It was like a demon. That, uh, demon. Monkey him. demon. Yeah. In the books, it was lobstrosities, which I loved lobstrosities. Lobsters! I really, really hope that they put them in somewhere, because I just, like, I love that whole did it chuck had a chuck did it chum did it chum like I still remember reading that like years ago and I just loved it because it was so creepy like these giant lobsters that come out of the ocean and say weird things and eat people <laughs> no um very cool so that those are some laugh out loud moments where I liked you know, when where he, he told those uh, girls yeah when he was in the hospital yeah and he he was like you know thanks for your time and he, he put some like money Oh he yeah, had, like, a couple of coins, like yeah. the, 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 the doctor, like a couple of <laughs> coins, and and just pieced out. Now, yeah. how he got from there to outside the hospital without being flagged by security, who knows? Um, so that was that was funny. And then uh, the what Kristen was about to say on, on when he's on the bus, and there are two like ladies of the night talking to him about if him and his friend want to play. And yeah, they wanted some of his drugs. He's like, you don't remember the face of your face of your father, right? It's been he a long was, time like, since you saw the face of your father. <laughs> <laughs> very, very I cool. I laughed out loud at that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's typical, because Roland isn't funny. I mean, he's very, very serious and very self-contained uh, person. And in the books, for the most part, like, Jake, Jake is a kid, um, but he's gone through a hell of a lot. So psychologically and emotionally, um, he's, you know, grown a lot from your typical, like, 11, 12-year-old kid. And so there aren't a lot of laughs um, usually it's Eddie that's making people laugh, and in Roland's youth it's uh, Cuthbert, but neither of them were in this movie, so. Um, but anyway, yeah, so some of the other criticisms that I sort of read about, um, one that I thought was kind of interesting, so uh, one of the critics was saying how um, the the movie could have taken two paths, and one would have been to like make it more like a western, like violent, shoot 'em up type thing. Um, which was kind of like the basis of uh, Stephen King's original plan for the series was that he was watching a bunch of Clint Eastwood westerns and wanted to do like an epic um, tale that was sort of based on uh, cowboys in America, which is super cool. Um, and I think in the in the book series he pulls that off, but um, they didn't go that direction. They, then they said the other direction they could have gone in was to make it more of like a like a young adult um, type audience to to try to bring those people in um, by focusing on the story of Jake. And I feel like that's kind of what they did um, in this case. It was almost like they were kind of trying to make it like a little bit like Harry Potter by using sort of Jake as the vehicle to set up um, Midworld. But, um, 
you know, I think that was okay, but I really feel like it's it's more Roland's story, and Jake is just, like, a large part of it. Um, so I hope that the TV show is going to be more um, focused on, on Roland's life. Not that I don't like Jake. He's a fantastic character, but um, I don't know. Just it was an interesting choice. Um, and then they were saying sort of like... Uh, there was, it was too vague and there were a lot of subplots that people didn't understand. But I think that's, that's sort of like a criticism for, I think any sort of original, like first part of a story. Like there's going to be all sorts of mysteries and things that you don't understand because it's just sort of setting you up to get into the world. And this is supposed to be, you know, a continued series. So hopefully people will be happier as time goes on and they learn more about what's going on. I mean, I feel like if you watch the first episode of Westworld, you'd probably feel that way because you'd be like, okay, that was neat, but like, what the heck's going on? And, and once again, this movie was was here to serve as a pilot. Right. And the 90-minute runtime could have been done on purpose to, once the pilot would be ready in a year or two from now, I'm sorry, once the series would be ready in a year or two from now, to get the TV rights to this movie, air it right before... You start airing the first episodes. I mean, it's a different world now. I feel like there's so much amazing stuff going on on TV, and that's not how it was when we were kids. Oh, my God. What's I watch with Star Trek and, like, old Doctor Who? Yeah, like, there was, like, garbage on TV when we were kids, a lot of it. But um, now there's so much amazing stuff, and it's, you know, people have the ability to watch things on demand. Like, even on my on-demand last night, you could could pre-order The Dark Tower, so it's going to be on there sooner rather than later. So I think, you know, to sort of have a movie in the theaters that's setting up a series is a new concept, but I think that might be something that we're going to see a lot of in the future. Um, I, and, I, and, you know, speaking of on demand, I would be all about it if they would, you know, your movie theater movie rent on demand. All four of these movies that we saw in the theaters here that we, that we mentioned earlier in the podcast, I would have, all four of them I would have bought on demand from my home. Yeah. And and paid the same amount of money on demand that I would have paid to get to, to go to the theater without having to you know like get a sitter sometimes right exactly or, and, you know or yeah like or like have to go out at night if you just want to like hang out and, yeah you know or if you want to make a nice dinner at home I mean I do love movie theater popcorn but you don't want to eat that all the time so you know and I love watching movies so but and you know where we go to the movie theater we don't have to pay for parking there are places where you do right yeah, yeah. but I think you're going to see more things like that in the future I mean I hope that there will still be movie theaters but I think you're going to see a lot more of an integration with uh you know a movie comes out in the theater maybe it's released a couple months later on on demand um instead of waiting several months it's just bam it's there and then you know you got a TV show that starts right up against it so it sort of rolls right in um, um, I don't know, but I, I think that's what they're trying to set it up for. And, you know, there's a ton going on in these books. You know, it's several books, and they're all long books. So to try to cram everything in there and explain everything in such a short period of time is basically impossible. So I think what the writers were trying to do here and the filmmakers were trying to do is just give you, like, a glimpse into his world right. and then fill in the blanks later on. But they wanted to sort of entice you to want to know more about the gunslinger, and and I certainly hope that people did want to know more about him because I think I'm fascinated by the books, and, and I'm I'm really hopeful that the TV show will end up being really cool and same as you know. So I have some gripes, okay, if I may. So uh, my my first gripe was he he goes into the gun shop and he just holds the guy up. I feel like it is a lot harder to stick up a gun shop than just walking in and just. And holding it up. Now, you mentioned that. 
I don't remember him having to hold up a, a gun shop in the books. Like, Jake takes bullets from his dad's gun, which, that was interesting that they changed that, because in the books, Jake's dad is a douche, and his mom is, like, high all the time. And they, like, care about him, kind of, but not really. Like, they're more In the opening scene, his mom looked like a hot mess. She looks that's why I was thinking she still like, was like a junkie. Like, yeah. When I saw her in the opening scene, I was like, well, that's good. And then all of a sudden, like, the next scene you see her, and she's like... All dolled up with some doucher, you know, stepdad for her son that doesn't care about him. Um, which is that Jake's dad didn't care about him, but they had this whole thing where Jake's dad was a firefighter that died, and I was like, mm, that didn't happen in the books. But, um, but basically, yeah, Jake stole a gun and stole bullets from his dad, um, before he went through the portal um, in the wasteland. So that's where, you know, the whole team has some bullets to, to play around with that come from Earth. Yeah. But Roland's bullets from his world have different powers than the ones that come from Earth. Right. So that's grave number one was how he just walked in and held the, held the gun shop up. I, I just feel like it's a little trickier than that to do. Um, moving on, my other gripe was... So, Jake's locked outside of the gun shop when the, when the gates come down. It just, uh, uh, Roland is inside of the gun shop. Jake, you know, starts walking away, and all those, like, two-skinned people are all, like, you know, they're all over the place. They're all over the street. They're, like, yeah. they're, like watching him out. And then, you know, he, he sees the cops. He starts running toward them, and they grab him. They put him in the van. He could have screamed. They didn't cover his mouth. But they drive him, then, in the van over to the, the, the um, oh, what was the name of the bar with the pig? You know that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I can picture it in my head, but I can't remember I like wrote what it was down called. It is. They drive him over there, and then the next scene, like, Roland's, like, standing on top of the building, like... Killing everybody and ready to go. Well, maybe he was using the GPS on Jake's iPhone that he had with him the whole time, which, unfortunately, Merlin didn't seem to be able to tap into because he had a really hard time finding them, but Roland could always find Jake. <laughs> Maybe he had an Apple Watch and it was synced to Jake's iPhone. I don't know. But that part was kind of... I thought that was a little ridiculous. Unless you're really stuck with some, like, you know, BQE traffic there. You're not, like... And I th- I mean, I think it's it's hard because in the books, like... I did read this criticism, too, where people were like, why is it that the Man in Black is always looking for Roland and Roland's looking for the Man in Black, but they can never find each other? In the books, the Man in Black isn't really looking for Roland. Like, no. He is I looking didn't feel to like, destroy the Dark Tower. I did not feel like the Man in Black was looking for Roland in this. Yeah. I think he was just like, gunslinger, there you are, when he saw right, him. Right, because Roland is a nuisance to him. Yes. That's how he sees him. And he likes to toy with him and play with him. Yes, he does. But he's not going to put himself in danger to hurt Roland, because... Like, even in the books, he, like, he hides from him. He only shows up like a hologram, which they did a lot in the yes. movie, which I agreed that made sense. Did you see the man in black actually attack Roland at all? No, he was more deflecting his attacks, I would say. I mean, like, he he threw things at him, but it wasn't like he... He wasn't super aggressive. It was right. almost like when Vader... If you watch Vader fight Luke, all Vader is doing is toying with Luke. Right. Deflecting his attacks and things until... Luke hits him in the shoulder, and then Vader chops Luke's hand off and tells him the awful truth. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, I... Just kidding. I don't think Merlin <laughs> is Roland's dad, but I haven't gotten that far in the books yet. But he is supposed to be, like, the magician and advisor to Roland's dad, Stephen DeShane. Yes. So he is, like, part of the family. Yes. And he's boffing uh, Roland's mom. Oh, my. Which is, you know, what, what sets Roland off and makes him have to defeat his teacher and become a gunslinger. Because Gabrielle Deschene is getting some strange. 
Merlin Walter the Wizard. But anyway. Um, yeah. Funny. And then, well, thank you. And then some <laughs> people were also crabbing because they said that they were tired of seeing another post-apocalyptic story. Wah. Get over yourself. I mean, look, you're always going to have stories like that, I want to okay? see more movies about football! Yeah, yeah, football! Yeah, yeah, football! Football movies are the most boring things in the whole world. I can't stand them. <laughs> I know I'm a woman. And, and we're talking about American football. So For any international yeah, listeners yeah. out there. Not, like, bending it like Beckham or what have you. Um, no, just, like, really boring. But, um... So, so whatever. I mean, I, I guess I hear you, but it, this story existed way before, like, all the apocalyptic crap that we've had to watch in the last few years. And I'm not counting the Hunger Games, which are fantastic. But there, there are several things out there that are post-apocalyptic that are crap. Um, and some that are just really, really dark, like The Road. Which I, I can't get through that. You know what, um, though? This story of The Dark Tower precedes, you know, the Hunger Games, the Rogue, yeah. um, uh, you know, Triss and her terrible movies. Oh, that crap, yeah. Um, well, the first one was... Meh. Yeah, it's still the categorization of caste system and all that stuff. Anyway, um, you know, th- this story I predates all of this stuff. Right, and it's not all the apocalypse. I'm not saying it's, it's the original dystopian future. It doesn't no. predate Logan's run or anything like right. that. Right. But, I mean, that's the thing. Like, those types of stories have always been out there because... We, you know, humanity is destructive, and so we're always going to wonder about what happens if we ultimately destroy ourselves or our planet. Like, we're always going to be curious about that, because we do destroy things all the time. Now the, the big thing, the big apocalypse thing out there now is that there are several sources that all say that Yellowstone is going to blow and cover the entire continental United States in um, nuclear winter, basically. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah. Well, isn't that fun to look forward to? Be another. We'll be like, you know, see what happened to the dinosaurs, I guess. Um, but anyway, I mean, yeah, we're always gonna be curious about what happens at the end of our world because, you know, what happens when there isn't, you know, Wawa subs and right and cheap gasoline and what I yeah what I really like about the Gunslinger books is like you kind of get to the point where you sort of understand, like, Midworld is a potential future of America. Because they have, like, skeletons of cars, they have, you know, gasoline tankers and things like that that have brand names on them. Amusement parks, things like that. So it's kind of really interesting to think, like, people do still survive, but they had to go back to, like, a different, more primitive sort of medieval type of lifestyle. Yeah. You know. So that doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me, because I feel like you're going to always have that. You're going to always have zombie stories, right? I mean, that that's a part of our culture, so. Um, and yeah, people were crabbing about uh, just not really understanding the motivations of the characters. Well, again, I think that's going to take time. I'm not sure. Some movies, they do a great job of setting all of that up in one movie, um, Where I knew not this short of a movie. But I mean, I knew the basis. You knew the basics, right? Well, you, you're way over the basics. I knew the basics. Um, you know, and I think if you un- and that's what made me understand the motivation of the characters. I thought it was interesting on how late in the movie the gunslinger actually showed up. Right. Well, once he showed up, he was there for the whole long haul. Right. But I felt like it was a long time before we saw him. Now it probably was like twenty minutes or something like that. It just felt like longer. Well, because yeah, because they were really focusing on Jake's story, which again was an interesting choice to make. Um, 
Yeah, I never, I never thought of those stories as being Jake's story. That, no. To me, they are the gunslinger. Right, and, and Jake's a part of his world and a, someone that he cares very much about, but not the whole sort of purpose and quest is not Jake's quest. Um, now, the talisman, if they had made the talisman into a movie, then, yeah, that kid, that is his story. And it sort of takes place in Midworld a little bit, but it's his story about saving his mom. Um. But, and then the one other crab that I saw that I thought was kind of funny is people were getting mad that uh, Matthew McConaughey kept saying magics instead of magic. <laughs> Maybe that's like how British people say maths. <laughs> like math. I think you should start saying maths. Because there's more than one like, type of math. Or yeah. there's more than one type of magic. So it's magic. <laughs> I don't know. It did make me chuckle a little bit, but it didn't make me like really angry like some critics. Critics spend way too much time being angry, though, and yeah. that's not that's not my mo. So what what do we like? We liked we said you know it's pretty. We liked the acting. We thought the cast was great. The, the some of the action scenes were fun. The effects were awesome. Yeah. Um. The you know the 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 worlds colliding and you know yeah, it's an, intrig- an intriguing world i like to see in new york and then juxtaposed with sort of like a wasteland type place right sort of medieval i love the stephen folks. king references that we covered they were great yeah um just you know just a nod to just an amazing author yeah i i think it, it was good and i think it's it's a there's a good potential for them to like build on this and maybe do a really get this TV series and have that be really cool and hopefully you know have some slightly darker movies coming up in the future, um, you know because it's a hard it's a hard world that Jake and Roland inhabit and you know I'd like you got you kind of have to see their friendship develop more because they really really do care for each other um, and it's a little hard because in this movie they're trying to just introduce them to each other but they sort of put it in the context of the third book which is when they already really really care about each other and know that they're important to each other's lives so that it, it's but jake kind of knew him through his dreams and his drawings right his drawings drawings mommy look at my drawings <laughs> i've drawn the dark man again the spiky hair and the tower <laughs> mommy the tower <laughs> Alright, it's 8 o'clock. We really gotta go watch yeah, uh, Sharknado. We gotta, yeah, we gotta go watch some Sharknado. But hey, uh, guys, uh, may the force be with you. And go to our website, Nozzle. prisondad.com. Check out our podcast. Check out our upcoming events. Come see us. Come see us. Yeah, Leah Comic Con. Uh, yep. ChessyCon. ChessyCon. Read our books. Go on Amazon. Pick them up. I have a couple of friends at work that are reading uh, Prison Dad Volume 1 right now and enjoying it a lot. It's about time. Volume 6 will be out this fall. Yes, we're amped. Check out some Squirrely King 2. Yeah. All right, leaders.